Welcome to another episode of the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. If you've listened before, you'll notice this intro music a little bit different than what is usually played. Uh, but that's because that guitar you hear in the background, that is today's guest. It's Arkansas head coach Mike Neighbors joining me. If you don't know Mike Neighbors, one of the best, most enjoyable personalities in the game. Just a, a good old boy. Mike had great success as a head coach at Washington, now is entering year two at Arkansas. But his backstory is incredible. Uh, we will get into that. We'll get into his team, of course. We'll also get into how the day before the SEC tournament started, him and Nell Fortner ended up on a stage at one of the most famous bars on Nashville's Broadway, playing a song in front of a giant crowd. Let's get Mike on the phone. This is The Jump Around. And we are back on the jump around and joining me, a long awaited guest uh, in my eyes, the head coach of Arkansas, Mike Neighbors. Coach, uh, thank you so much for, for making time for me. And you know, I've wanted to get you on here for a while, so I'm glad we could finally make it work. Yeah, of course, Mike. We, uh, we started trying to connect, but uh, we both always seemed to have something else uh, kind of going at the time at the Final Four or in Italy or. We were someplace that probably wasn't a good idea to be doing a podcast, so I'm, I'm glad it worked out for us to, to preview the upcoming season this way. I will say, walking down the streets of Florence at uh, 9 o'clock at night and hearing uh, someone yell your name and turn around and seeing it be Mike Neighbors, <laughs> unexpected, but I shouldn't be that surprised, I suppose. That was a good night, man. That was a fun way to start it and end up on a rooftop looking overlooking the Duomo and uh, visiting with uh, the staff up there, yeah. you know, the number of times we've crossed paths, it's crazy how we, it could happen in Florence as well. So yeah. fun story, fun times, always good when we get together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to go back, uh, to talk about your story and in recent years, you, you're certainly someone, a coach, a personality that, uh, the women's basketball world has gotten to know pretty well. Uh, of course your time at Arkansas, but when you're in when you're in Washington, but I want to go back uh, to the '90s, uh, to the really the beginning of your story. You're you're in high school, you're 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 teaching, you're coaching, and then you have a heart attack, which really altered the course uh, of your personal life. And I was wondering if you could just take us back to that uh, and kind of walk us through um, your recovery and what it led to for you. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I always I didn't always want to be a coach. I was going to be a veterinarian uh, going through school. Everybody in my family was involved in the school system, and I was dead set on doing something completely different. But um, didn't quite have the stomach for putting animals down uh, when I couldn't heal them up. So I had to get out of that line of work. And uh, teaching science and chemistry was the next fastest thing for me to get a paycheck. So I <laughs> started coaching some high school basketball. got really fortunate that I was in Bentonville, Arkansas, which um, – was close to where I lived and close to where I'd gone to school. We didn't have a great basketball team, but we got good over time. And then really fortunate to be right place, right time guy like I always am. Um, uh, coaching coaching in Northwest Arkansas, getting to build a relationship with Coach Blair. So uh, he was the head coach here, obviously, at Arkansas. For the years I was a high school coach, we developed a relationship. Uh, he knew I always wanted to coach collegiately. Um but there was never really an opportunity, and 
quite frankly, I probably didn't know what I was doing, and he, he made the right decision in passing on me. But you mentioned the heart attack. Um, was watching UConn Tennessee women's basketball game that afternoon, ironically, and started having chest pains. And uh, two hours later, you know, I'm I'm in the middle of a pretty significant heart situation and that required a couple of stints going in, some heart surgery, and it was during that recovery that. And you realize how short life is, and it, especially when it hits you at 29 years old, you're not you're not supposed to have heart attacks then. But uh, that was when I decided, told Coach Blair, I'd do whatever it took. Uh, so I took a pretty significant pay cut and uh, begged Coach Blair and, until he got tired of telling me no to <laughs> take a $14,000 a year job with him. And um, you know, as that would turn out, not only with him, I'm, I'm sitting on Dick Schaefer's couch for four or five hours a day helping him break down film. I'm in Kelly Bond's office helping her do recruiting and around Amber Shirey. And it just couldn't have been a better place for a stupid young 29-year-old heart attack uh, survivor to start his coaching career. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is amazing. And that staff was star-studded, to say the least. And, and your path, I mean, just from Arkansas, you, you Tulsa, Colorado, Arkansas, Xavier, Washington, Arkansas again. It's just... You've been all over the place. Um, is there, obviously the beginning is special, but is there any any time that sticks out more than others that um, just really fond memories of? I'm sure you have them of everywhere, but is there is there any one sure. that sticks out? Yeah, you know, Kathy Miller giving me a chance at Tulsa and then taking a chance, taking me to Colorado. All the people, Susie Gardner, my years here, um, of all the coaches I've worked for, still maybe one of the best coaches I've ever worked with doing a great job at Mercer. Um, you know, those guys helped me really become a good assistant coach. They really gave me a lot of opportunity to be wrong and screw up and them not kill me and fire me. Um, <laughs> you know, just teach me and, and let me let me learn. Um, but then when I got with Coach McGuff at, at Xavier, uh, he was the guy that, that kind of convinced me, maybe, maybe being a head coach is in your future. Uh, you know, I, I never really wanted to be a head coach. I wanted to always kind of be the guy behind the scenes, the, the Leo McGarry from the West Wing type, type guy, help, guy that helps the guy. Um, but Ken really, he gave me a lot of confidence to, to maybe explore the options. Um, when Kevin left Xavier uh, for the Washington job, I really, really wanted that Xavier job badly. Uh, and I didn't get it. I got it. I didn't get it. And man, I about, I about gave up at that point. Mm. Um, I was convinced, you know, it wasn't going to work out for me. I'd been an assistant at that time for about 11 years. Uh, I had a couple of job opportunities, but not, not one of my dream jobs. I wanted UCA and Arkansas, I wanted Tulsa. I could not get interviews for those jobs for whatever reason. And then, then to not get the Xavier job was, was really a crushing blow. And, I about got out and started selling drugs and I mean pharmaceuticals. Sorry, <laughs> that very up. important uh, direction. <laughs> sorry, very, very important difference there. Sorry, sorry. Started selling pharmaceuticals. You know, I had a bunch of buddies that had done that, but but the guy sat me down and just convinced me to, to come to Washington and um he, he give it a, give it another shot. He he pumped me full of whether it was false or false hope at that time to get me to come. I don't know, but it worked. And then story of my life, right time, right place, yeah. Ohio State opens, Kevin gets his dream job, um, very, very lucky, and a, 
a, a kid like Kelsey Plum and the players that run that team fought for me to be the head coach. Uh, otherwise, I, I don't get that job without those kids' support. And then, of course, them, you know, putting up with me for four years being a rookie coach uh, to stay with, to keep it together for four years. Um, just really, really lucky because that doesn't, you know, you don't run into that group of kids at that time. Most people don't. So, yeah. right place, right time. And then my dream job opens. The Arkansas dream job opens right when we're coming off uh, Final Four in a Sweet 16. So, once again, timing on my side. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to the, the Final Four year. I remember um, the night before the final four game, uh, we were, we were sitting at a restaurant and you just kind of strolled down and we're saying hi to people. And, and I know a lot of people were like, Mike, what are you doing? You got a, you got a game tomorrow. And I, I, I still remember you smiling and be like, yeah, but we've, we're prepared. Like we're, we're, if we're going to win, we're going to win. Yeah. And if we're going to lose, we're going to lose. I just, that type of, um, mentality for head coaches is a rarity, obviously. Um, you know, obsessiveness is kind of, uh, the key now, it seems. What is it that gives you that just um, that gives you your type of? And it's not confidence. I'm sure it is confidence, but you know what gives you just that comfortability? Uh, I had that heart attack, and then you know I had a second one too. Like I had another one at 36, so I'm I'm, ah, I'm too deep. Wow. Um, I I just it's just not worth it's just not worth giving up those experiences. I love the Final Four. I love. I think I appreciate you saying it was the restaurant because there's a good chance that they probably weren't serving food at that hour that we saw each other. Um, but, you know, I just, I'm not going to miss an experience. I don't want any of my players to miss an experience. Uh, they're too few and far between. And I, and I love the Final Four. And I would have been, had, had we not been playing in it, I, I still remember looking at Coach Castro shortly before that last buzzer went off in the game to go to the final four. I said, well, this kind of screws up our plans for next week. Doesn't it? <laughs> you know, cause we, you know, we, we had pizza times. We already had, you know, we knew where Mike Flynn's party was going to be. We knew where the parties were at, yeah. uh, all the festivities. So, uh, for a very, very good reason. But I, I certainly, just because we were playing in it, did not want to, I didn't want my players to miss it. They, they didn't have curfew. They didn't have, uh, um, it was just like the rest of the year. Now we didn't win the game, so you know a lot of people want to think that that was the reason. But man, I, I wouldn't trade any of those experiences for for another win. Yeah, well, I, I would also uh, argue you played against a pretty good team, uh, so not too yeah. much shame there. Yeah, they, they shot for Syracuse had a good they had a good team and bad matchup for us. They beaten us earlier in the year and uh, really had our number. They that was a fun year because three of the four. Three of the four teams were first-timers. You know, it was yep. Oregon State and us and uh, Syracuse to, to go along with uh, UConn. So it was a neat experience. One of those things that uh, special for lots of reasons, but uh, that, that was one of those. Being being one of those three newcomers um, to, to the Final Four. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Well, you take over an Arkansas team, and – it's your dream job, uh, like you said. It's it's where you're yeah. from. It's it's a, it was a no brainer. Uh, that was very often when jobs open, people go, "Oh, I wonder who's going to get it." This one was like, "So when's Mike taking the job?" I mean, that's kind of what the <laughs> general consensus was. I do wonder though. You your four years at Washington, uh, your worst season. You go twenty and fourteen and go to the WNIT semis, and then last year at Arkansas, thirteen and eighteen, which you knew was a rebuild. But I just wonder. Was it difficult going from being successful and winning to not winning nearly as many games? Um, no, not 
I mean, not for not for me personally at all. I I don't ever get judge, uh, you know, whether or not we're winning or losing by how I'm coaching. Uh, I used to. I'm not gonna lie. I used to be that guy that walked around at recruiting events and would look at somebody like, "Oh, we beat y'all last year, so that makes us a better mm. program or a better team." But I, I got away from that not not too long after I got into this side of it. But um, man, I, those 13 wins last year, Blake, may have been as good of 13 wins as I've ever been a part of. Mm. Uh, you know, Andy Landers grabbed me at the SEC meetings last year and said, "Hey." I I don't want you to take this wrong way, but I'm not sure you guys can win more than two or three games this year, <laughs> period. Uh, and, and, you know, they were picked dead last. We had five kids when we got there. All the all the things that we all know happened. Being picked dead last unanimously. Um, to go back and win what they did and be in the close games that they did and uh, be in that locker room with them every single day may have been one of my more enjoyable coaching experiences. Uh, even as an assistant or a head coach, they, uh, this is the number I tell people and it's staggering. Um, you know, we had, we had 13 kids on the roster and we had roughly 175 opportunities to practice or, or walk through or watch film or lift or do something. Um, we had six days missed total last year, six out of a possible, almost 2,500. The kids just kept showing up. Mm. Uh, when in you know some of those better teams that we had, kids would find a way to find their way to the training room, or they'd find their way to uh, you know not making it to a, a, a long stretch of practice uh, with a sore ankle or a sore throat. Yeah, these kids didn't do that. They just just kept showing up, and to only miss six days, four of which were for a very high ankle sprain. I think that kind of sums it up. They were a joy to coach. Uh, they did not use the scoreboard. They didn't use the record board to dictate their happiness level or or their focus or their intensity. Uh, I thought we got better throughout the year. Thought we played our best basketball uh, at the SEC tournament, and you know that's that's really all you can ask for out of a team um, when you take them over and and you're going through a culture change and a, and a personnel change. Every single kid in that locker room was a freshman last year. You know, because everything we said was new. Sure. Uh, Coach Coach Todd, Coach Lay, anything we said to those kids was new. So even though Malik and those guys were juniors, they really were freshmen. So uh, for them to do what they did and, and stay, we didn't have one transfer. We didn't have one person leave the program. And that's just, I think, a testament to those kids uh, and the families that, that raised them to – uh, to be racebacks. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about your team coming back. Uh, you've got yeah. a ton coming back. You got you got Monk. You got Mason. You got Williams, and then you have four newcomers, two transfers who will be eligible, and two freshmen who are all, by all accounts, highly touted. Uh, you guys, I mean, you guys got a chance to be pretty darn good. You only turned the ball over eleven and a half times uh, per game last year, which is 10th best in the league or best 10th best in the country. Rather you put up a ton of three pointers. And so now that you guys have so many returners and these, these really good newcomers, you gotta be feeling pretty good, right? Yeah. You know, we got a chance to see a preview of it in Italy. Um, we had a preview of some of it last year, having Dungey and Galden in practice all year last year, you know, we got a chance to see what those two kids are going to be doing. Then we go to Italy, and you add Tolfrey, and you add Rokia. 
Um, and, and you've got four kids who uh, are, you know, all four of those kids had opportunities to go to the SEC. Um, and last year, the, we didn't have anybody on our roster that had another SEC offer last year. Not one kid. But this year, now we've got five or six that, that did have opportunities to play at other SEC schools. So uh, we are we are optimistically excited. We're, we're beating each other up pretty good right now. I'm excited to see what happens when somebody shows up in a different uniform. But yeah. uh, I do think that if they will adopt that same uh, mentality that last year's team did of just keep showing up and not using the scoreboard to dictate uh, how hard we're going, uh, we, we have a chance to – continue to progress in the league I, I don't think we're going to be picked to finish last this year uh, based on how we played and who we got coming back so um, you know I, I'm not one of those coaches that shies away from preseason I, if we're going to keep playing I'd rather be picked highly than low yeah. uh, in the preseason so uh, I know the kids are excited about it their expectations and their standards you know we keep a standards chart and their standards went up this year and they've been holding each other very accountable uh, allowing us to coach. We haven't had to spend a whole lot of time trying to inspire or motivate kids. They've been doing that on their own, policing themselves. We had not spent a whole lot of time with discipline issues. So we've been able to um, to really be a little bit ahead, use that opportunity for Italy and the practices we had early to roll on into the season, we hope. Yeah. Do, do you think some of that is, with you just being home at Arkansas, I, I wonder is – do you feel any different? Do you feel like you're you're a different coach or handling things different? Because I just wonder if maybe you know you, your comfort levels higher, yeah. and so maybe that rubs off on them. I don't know. I might, I might be reaching, but I don't. I, I just see if that's no, something you sense. No, I, I'll tell you this, and this comes out I think very clearly when you're around our program. My my daughter is 22, and she's a grad student here, and she's around a lot. She's at the gym. She comes up. She's around our girls. I'm telling you, the fact that I see her every single day now instead of on holidays and times that I could see her when I was at Washington, I, I really feel like I deal with all of my players like they truly are my daughter because I see them together so much. Hmm. Um, and, and I think that comes off in, in how I trust them. I give them the ability to be trusted. And when, when they do something that means my trust, I, I treat them like I treat my own daughter. Because I see her every single day, it's a reminder uh, that there's parents out there who have trusted me with their kid, and it's my responsibility to, to make sure that not only they're improving on the basketball court, but they're doing what they need to be doing in the community and in the classrooms. And, uh, I do. I, I don't think you're reaching at all. I, I'm telling you, my daughter being around is a good thing for me personally. It's a good thing for our basketball team, too. That's good stuff. Uh, something that kind of triggered a thought in my mind when you said a standards chart that that seems like something that would be on a Mike Neighbors newsletter. Uh, and I want to <laughs> I want to yeah. talk about that. I, I actually before you and I even met when I was still coaching, I yeah. remember signing up for this newsletter. And for people who don't know, which I'm sure people outside the coaching business probably don't, uh, just, can you tell us about the newsletter, where it started, and and how yeah. large it's grown? Yeah, it started when I was back at Benville High School. Uh, Benville's where Walmart headquarters are. Um, and in 93, they bought us computers. And none of us knew how to work them. We didn't know what to do with them. <laughs> so they started on Saturdays bringing us in for training. And since it was a Saturday in the public school setting, they had to bribe us. So they paid us 100 bucks to come learn how to use the computers. And the first thing we learned was 
Pegasus email. I still remember my login account. Um, and so I had a Pegasus email account long before a lot of other people did. And nobody had computers. So uh, I knew how to do Pegasus. Well, that Monday, I'm sitting in my biology classroom and probably just doing a worksheet, I'm betting. Um, and I, I email our boys coach, what are you doing in practice? And he sent me back what he was doing. I sent what we were doing. And uh, that became our, that was the first newsletter. The next week, uh, Walmart bought Rogers Public Schools, the computers. Well, two coaches over there pick up a computer. Now I got four people's email addresses. And I send them our practice schedule. Hey, here's the drill we're doing. What are y'all doing? And we start exchanging information, the four of us. Well, Springdale gets computers and then the next neighboring communities. And so the newsletter truly became a pyramid, two to four, eight to 16, you know, just pyramiding mm-hmm. all the way down. And now here we are 25 years later, we've got over 77,000 coaches, um, all 50 states, 60 countries. It's actually in a little bit of a state of flux right now. I got sued for a frivolous copyright uh, infringement. Uh, that put a little cease and desist on it for a while, but we're about ready to fire it back up. Uh, in, in the meantime, we've been doing YouTube channels and podcasts like yours, not as good as yours probably, but doing one anyway. Um, so we've been trying to do other things until then, just to share. Um, you know, so many people have shared with us along the way, and me personally, there's no chance I'm coaching without people sharing. So. I try to get back anything I, I can, uh, any resource that somebody needs that I have, I'm willing to share. Um, I talked to Terry Williams. It's funny, I was talking to Terry Williams yesterday from Auburn about a shooting drill. Um, she saw our YouTube clip, our YouTube clip, and she wanted to know how we were scoring it, how we utilize our post players, and to me, that's what makes the SEC special. That you know, when we play Auburn, we're going to try to to beat them as bad as we can, but. We're still trying to help each other and grow our game. Yeah, that's pretty cool stuff. If people are interested in the newsletter, in the YouTube, in the podcast, where where yeah. can they find and get all that? I'm embarrassed to say it out loud, but they made us a webpage. It's coachneighbors.com. Uh, I hate saying it out loud to people, but that's where they can go. There's, what an ego. Uh, what an ego on this guy. Web- yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> can you believe I, At least I don't wear it on the back of my shirts and stuff like that. But, Very true. Yeah. Um, they can go there, and uh, it's got links to our podcast that we do here locally. It's kind of replaced our radio show, uh, but we have authors. We have people from pop culture uh, on as guests. Uh, and then the newsletter is still there, and that's where it will be coming. People can go on there and sign up. And the second that we get word from our legal department that it's ready to go, we'll be, we'll be going back full steam. Great. Um, one more story I want to catch uh from last yeah. season, you are going uh, into the SEC tournament. Uh, you've got a game coming up, and you end up on a stage with a guitar with Nell Fortner. <laughs> I mean, yeah. um, this it sounds like the beginning of an interesting joke, but that that's a real thing that happened. And I just yeah. I'm going to just place that yeah. in your lap and move and let you talk. Yeah, yeah, it does sound like a bad joke. Nell <laughs> Fortner, Andy Landers, Maria Taylor, Mike Neighbors walk into just, I mean, I'm sorry, Legends Corner. Legends Corner uh, in Nashville. Um, you know, we, we started talking about it during the SEC meetings last year, and Nell's a really talented singer and plays guitar, and she was going to write a song for the SEC tournament. And, you know, of course, it, as it started getting closer, 
I was like, hey, I don't, I don't care when we play. It, it does not matter. The team will be in bed and ready. It's okay if I go to Legends and we shoot this thing. And the crowd couldn't have been so – they were they couldn't figure out what was going on because right there in the normal band change. So the normal band's coming off. Well, the SEC starts setting all these cameras up. So droves of people start flowing in off of Broadway because they see the cameras and they think it's going to be some huge country music star. Right. You know, coming in there to play because they see cameras and the truck outside. So <laughs> this place is packed. And Nell and I and Maria get on stage. And they're looking at us like, what is going on yeah. here? Uh, and Nell wrote a song about uh, the SEC. And uh, we practiced all of about 12 minutes. Uh, I told Nell, I said, I can assure you, we are the only act to, in history take this stage to have never rehearsed. <laughs> Absolutely, this is yeah. too big of a deal. And, uh, she knocked it out of the park, and I, I strummed along the best I could. But she was the real talent. I just got to—I got to be a part of a cool, a cool moment. Yeah, uh, that's great. I just remember seeing that and, and texting you, and just, yeah. I just cracked. I was yeah. like, "Of course, of course. This, what else would this be? Uh, this is good." Hey, and we went out and the best game of our year. We played, we played Vanderbilt the next day, and probably played, probably played the best we'd played all year. So, you know, it's a valuable lesson to me that you know. You can certainly over-prepare these kids and get them too tight. Uh, and it, it, it's just one of those things that, again, if you're not enjoying this experience and being a part of um, the SEC and, and college basketball in general, then, man, you're just you're missing out on a, a pretty cool opportunity to be around a lot of cool people. Yeah. Well, uh, last thing, uh, I'll get you out of here on this one. I, I yeah. always like to uh, kind of give the coaches I talk to a chance uh, to talk about whatever they want. And so for you, uh, you're going into year two uh, at Arkansas. What would you want to say to people who, you know, don't know you, don't know your program, you know, maybe look at the standings and don't think anything about yeah. you? What What would you say to those people? Well, I, I'll tell you exactly what I'm spreading the word here to anybody that'll listen that any Rotary Club or Chamber of Commerce I'm talking to is, you know, I, I get a lot of this, hey, we got to get this back to where it used to be. And my answer to them is always, what, what are you talking about? What do you mean used to be? Um, we've been in the SEC 27 years, Blake, and we've had two winning seasons in the SEC. Wow. Two. And, you know, when I ask people, most people guess 12 to 14, or they might lowball it and say seven or eight, but it's only two. We've had two winning seasons since joined the SEC 27 years ago. Um, uh, three 500 records, so five total. 500 or better. Uh, Coach Blair had one the year that they went to the Final Four in 98. Um, Tom Collin had a 10-win season. Those are the only, the only ones that when people talk about like it used to be, I think. So I tell you that, and I tell them that, not to downplay or not to underdog or sandbag. I just want people to understand it's a really, really hard league. We're in a really, really tough situation. And our kids... When we do it, if we win and we have a 500 or near 500 record, that's kind of historical. And, you know, in today's world where they expect you to do it two out of five or two out of six, whatever, however long your contract is, um, that'll, be, that'll be kind of a big deal if we can do it because it, it hadn't been done in the last 27 years. So I'm telling our boosters that. They're kind of buying in. They First of all, they don't believe me, so I usually have to place a T-shirt bed <laughs> on it or something <clears throat> because it, it's, it's factual. I'm, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinions but not their own facts. Sure. 
that's something I try to. And so I'm telling anybody to listen, and anybody listen here, that our kids are understand where they've been, they understand where we're at, and and now they've got a, a clear picture on where they want to go. I don't think you can get where you're going if you don't know where you are, or you don't know where you've been. So we've been sharing that with as many people that'll listen, and we're trying to go out and, and set history, go back-to-back winning seasons. It'd be the first time that's ever happened in, in Arkansas women's basketball history. Um, in our league, that's hard to do yeah. uh, with the amount of teams we have to catch and uh, the amount of teams that are, are doing it on a national stage. But um, there's a blueprint there that if, if we get the right kids, which we do have, we get the right uh, support, uh, this is a, a, a special, special place. And I wouldn't obviously want to be doing it anywhere other than at home and an alma mater and a place that is, is really special to not only me, but a lot of people in our locker room. Yeah. Well, coach, I wish you guys the best of luck. I really think you guys have a chance to be pretty good. Um, I, you know, I've, I've got pretty high expectations for you all and yeah. certainly, uh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I've been, several people point that out to me. I appreciate you starting this, uh, with a lot of expectations, but Hey, your, your thing's spot on that. That preview is as thorough as, as anything I've ever seen uh, for women's basketball. We we need it. Keep doing it. Try to get some more leagues in the future. We all get those preseason magazines from all the names. I won't throw any of them under the bus, but, you know, 186 pages of preseason basketball with two pages for the women. Uh, for you to do what you took the time to do, um, that'd be a lot to the league. And now maybe now that you're in the Big Ten, you can get it going for that league too. Oh, well, I appreciate you saying that, Coach. Seriously, that means a lot. And uh, sincerely, best of luck. Um, I'm sure our paths will cross hey, sooner than later. And uh, we'll talk to you down the road. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks so much. Thanks again to Arkansas head coach Mike Neighbors for taking the time this morning and sharing his extremely interesting story. Uh, I enjoy Mike a lot. I, I really do think Arkansas is going to be a lot better. I picked them ninth in my preseason poll, and I think they're going to have a chance to surprise a lot of people. Thank you for listening, as always, whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. If you do listen on iTunes, if you would leave a rating and a review, that'd be really helpful, and I'd appreciate you doing that. You can find me on Twitter, at Blake Dudonis with any of your thoughts or comments or, or banter or whatnot. I've really enjoyed this SEC Coaches preview series. Been working on uh, near over halfway uh, done now, and we've had uh, a lot of great interviews. I look forward to the ones we're yet to do. Uh, and again, appreciate Mike taking the time today. Until next time, this is The Jump Around.